0: So we're back. Season two of A Slice of Orange, North Orange County Politics, with me, Jody Bulma, a professor of political science at Fullerton College. And we are starting off uh, episode one of season two with Kara Regan, who's the president and founder of Amazingly Complicated Prison Research. Um, she's one of my very favorite people in the world, and she's such a strong advocate for prison reform. Um, so I'm excited about this. Kara Regan, is a passionate social justice fighter who's been working to level prison disparities for years. She has three degrees from Fullerton College, Administration of Justice, Psychology, and the Social Sciences, and she's currently working on two bachelor degrees at the University of California, Irvine, in Psychological Sciences and Criminology, Law, and Society. She founded her own prison research a prison outreach nonprofit organization called Amazingly Complicated Prison Outreach. And you can reach them at ACPoutreach.org. She's gathered a highly educated team that works to provide real educational tools for prisoners through personalized educational goal evaluations, carefully designed course experience where inmates are taught how to relearn through growth mindset methods and positive reinforcement through awards, a creative outlet through a published newsletter, and community support through prison visits. It's the goal of Amazingly Complicated Prison Outreach to provide access to the best and most updated forms of learning so that real success can happen for these prisoners once they're released. History has shown that defunding strategies against the socioeconomically disadvantaged and people of color for decades, which is positively correlated to crime. So ACPO is working to reverse that crisis, one prison at a time and one person at a time. So welcome. I've got Kara Regan from Amazingly Complicated Prison Outreach to talk to me today. Welcome, Kara.
1: Hi, how are you?
0: Good. So tell us about your nonprofit and what you hope to accomplish with this prison outreach.
1: So um, I actually have had experience working with nonprofits and prisoners. And I did a lot of research as a student at Fullerton College on the justice system. And what I figured out after those years is that the main problem is education. And a lot of the inmates that are incarcerated are because they came from defunded schools and neighborhoods. So in the beginning of the pandemic, I was thinking about how I could best work to change that. And since I figured that it was education, I wanted to create a nonprofit prison outreach organization that would provide educational tools to inmates, like whether they're in college courses and they can't find access to the books they need, so they have to drop out of those courses. We provide those books. If they don't have their GED, we provide section by section GED study packets. So they're actually prepared, you know, with a lot of uh, pre-tests so that they go in there because the prisons are required to allow them to take an exam. They go in there and they're ready and they're confident because they have that access individually in their cell, they have tutoring access, they have prison visit access. And um, so, this is basically what we're doing is making sure that in every aspect, they're provided these educational tools to succeed their educational goal. And what kind of feedback have you gotten from those that you've helped? Really good feedback. I love when I receive letters back from inmates saying how the college was so happy because they were able to have a book or, one inmate specifically, they were really scared to go because they didn't feel confident in math. So what we did was provide them math workbooks before they enrolled in one, in one the first beginner class of college so that they were prepared already for with those math workbooks of what they would see when they went to the math class so it wouldn't be overwhelming and they would drop out of the college. So that, that was one of the best uh, feedbacks we got.
0: Yeah, and, and 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 I know that you're working with some of the professors at Fullerton College. Um, you know, and and as you're sort of talking about this, uh, you know, it brings to mind Professor Miguel Powers' work on growth mindset at Fullerton College, and um and I think that that's a really important key of the encouragement, the support that you're giving to those who right. are incarcerated.
1: So when I was a student at Fullerton College, one of the main things that I noticed was how amazing the professors are, and how great it would be if they, if inmates had this kind of access to this kind of passion and, and, you know, care for students and the education. And so, yeah, that's why when I started this, I wanted my board to be created from those type of professors that could create this organization with me and provide these resources to the inmates in the best way they can take the magic that they have in their classroom and spread it out all throughout Um, the prison system and they know that they're supported and that they can do it and yes we really wanted to focus on a growth mindset perspective because a lot of inmates don't think that they can do it just by past experience you know not being able to do it Uh, the system set them up to fail all kinds of problems so they're scared to do it in the first place so we teach them with growth mindset that they can and they will do it they just need to know the right that that there's multiple different paths to be able to get to that right. goal, and that's why uh, yes, Miguel Powers was really important to me for that because he focuses so much in growth mindset, and so he has worked really hard to design packets that are course packets, like it's a growth mindset course for the inmates, so they can take mm-hmm. it before they start working on their educational goal. This way, they can go into it with a different mindset. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think that's really valuable. So explain a little bit of how it works. How do you reach the inmates? How do they find out about you? Um, you know, does does the support and, and access to your organization stop once they're released? Those kinds of things.
1: So in the beginning, what we did was we found a database, right a prisoner, and they have a, their own section for inmates who seek education. So they create a profile and they say, like, I'm here and I want education. You know, so yeah. we went and we found that we went to that specific section and we found that we sent out a bunch of letters to those inmates who want education and we sent them a enrollment form and a flyer so they could see everything that what we do in our organization. And this is the enrollment form. So fill it out and send it back. What they are asked are like their name, age, what their highest level of education completed is and what their educational goal is. Uh huh. And they send and it back. What do, and what then-
0: do you find most people's educational goals are?
1: A lot of them want to just finish their GED so they can, you know, that's the first step of being able to go to college. And then I have a handful of inmates who are, who want to finish their bachelor's degree. Um, I have some who are enrolled in college and they just need tutoring help. Yeah, Like imagine being a college student and you have these courses and you don't have any kind of tutoring center, teacher, anything that can help you there.
0: No study partner, no right. groups, no access to, I mean, all of the student services that we have on a campus.
1: Right. So that's what we are for them so that they can actually succeed in doing it.
0: Absolutely. And so what happens, you know, I mean, I I imagine that most of the inmates who are pursuing education are looking for, you know, what happens post-incarceration? How do they get a job? How how do they pursue education? Yeah.
1: So, so, While the inmates are incarcerated, we like to focus on helping them complete a certificate or an AA degree with one of the community colleges or even just finish their GED. And so that they're prepared once they leave that they can complete that once they're out. So if they if they are about to get out and they want to spend their time studying for the GED, they pass the GED, they get out now they can enter college. And yeah, with inmates who are being released, we've helped a lot with contacting the the college that they will be released to so we look at the area they're going to be released in find which community college they will be going to we contact it and we create all of the lesson plans for them through the counselors at whatever college they're going to and we prepare it for them based on their interests and we send it to them so that they're completely ready to go Uh, we also are always here for them anytime they need to call anytime they need help they they have access to us.
0: That's amazing. Uh, really amazing. So how can people get involved? If people are listening and saying, I want to be involved. I want to be a tutor. I want to donate educational materials. How could people get involved? What's the best way?
1: Yeah. So a great way is to go to our website, acpoutreach.org. And there you can find links to become a member of the organization where you would monthly pay a fee, whatever fee you want monthly. And that will be like a sponsorship to the inmates. And you can get updates on what the inmates that you're helping and where those resources went to. Um, our email is on there. It's info at acpoutreach.org. If you wanted to do more physical volunteering to okay. contact me and we can do prison visits, prisons are starting to open now. Uh, go there sit with the inmates and talk to them about our organization or current inmates that we have, see how they're doing. And um, yes, we can have translators. If if any student would like to help with translating, or anybody would like to help with translating, and, and of course, general office work you
0: most need translated, Spanish, Spanish, yeah, yep, a great need, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other ways that people can get involved,
1: time and yeah, time are uh, always great. De- definitely, yeah. We have obviously office work too. You know, like we send out yeah. hundreds of of packets and flyers and we read the letters the inmates letters and you know all of that we have a newsletter
0: that need an internship might be able to work Mm -hmm. with you
1: yeah they can work with us and we also have a newsletter that we can print uh we can publish their work if if uh, any students are interested in publishing work to the inmates they can and inmates will see it nationally and you can you know use that as inspiration for them yeah
0: Amazing. So um, one of the things that just I'm, I'm so in awe of what you've done, because you took this idea. And I remember when we were talking at the beginning, you know, you're like, "I, I got laid off, and I'm gonna start my own nonprofit. And I'm like, Oh, all righty, then. That is not usually the response to an obstacle, um, and and you really have. And starting a nonprofit is not easy, and getting a board together. And you've done all of this while well. you know you're juggling your own schoolwork and and family and 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 you know all of the other things that that life has. Um, but I. I I think that a lot of students um, are looking to do this, to make a difference. A lot of people have this idea of, here's a group of people that I could really help. I want to do that. Um, What advice would you give people who want to do exactly what you did, which is start an organization to help people?
1: Um, If they want to start an organization, then first thing you would have to do is figure out a team that you trust. And that will be great for the people that you're trying to help. Mm -hmm. And once you have that team who all are on the same page as you and they, they are in agreement, then you can file papers for starting a nonprofit. Legal zoom is an excellent resource for opening a nonprofit because they have a team there that they check everything. They make sure that everything is filled out correctly and they submit all of it to the capital it gets accepted, you know the registration for the attorney general office, all of this type of paperwork. They're really great and guiding for that. Yeah, and then
0: and and what you're looking for is this legal status of 501c3 to mm-hmm. be a recognized nonprofit. People can donate and get tax benefits.
1: Right, um, and they're and great for that too to to apply to the IRS in order to get that 501c3 approval, which which ACPO is 501c3 approved. So anyone who donates can yeah. get. Money back for it.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's great. Anything you wished you had known? Well, I you wish you could have avoided with advice before this
1: nonprofit. Yeah. Before, uh, uh see, you asked me that question, and now people yeah. are going to think that it's, well, the thing is, I had experience already working with a nonprofit for yeah. years before I did this, and that was the job that I stopped working at when I opened my nonprofit. So I already knew what I was doing when I went into this. And, you know, with the guidance of LegalZoom, I think it's difficult to find something that I wish I would have known for this just because of how prepared I was at the beginning. But if any student or or anyone needs help, feel free to contact me, you know, personally, and I will help you however I can. Yeah, that's
0: really great. So anything else you want to tell us about what's going on with ACPO? Anything new as the prisons are opening?
1: Well, we're really excited to go and do prison visits. Now we have a lot of inmates who are really excited because when you go, they get to be pulled out and you know sit as a group and can talk about what they're doing. We have a lot of amazing um, work coming in from inmates to publish into the newsletter, like poetry and art. And it's just amazing to see the work that they do. Um, We're getting calls all the time. We're officially registered for California uh, as an an official charity. And we're actually going to open new branches in New York City and Washington State. I love that. For those inmates. Yes. So it's very exciting.
0: That's really exciting. I I, I love it. So um, thank you for sharing. I love hearing about what you're doing. Um, I ask everybody questions at the end. Um, What's the best advice you've ever gotten, whether you took it or not?
1: The best advice that I ever got was always pay more attention to the journey that you're on rather than the end goal, because the end goal will always be there, but the lessons and people that you cross paths with, they might not appear often. They might only appear once. And that's where the personal growth comes from. I love that.
0: I really love that. You know, you always hear the shortened version of it's the journey, not the destination, but I love the detail uh, in that and and to really cherish the people and the experiences you have along the way, I think are really key. So that's, that's something to think about Um, a book that you like to recommend to people.
1: So I have two books I'd like to recommend. The first one is just mercy by Brian Stevenson. Um, It's a really good book about a person of color who uh, graduated Harvard law school and went to Alabama to work in that system in order to reopen cases of people of color who are um, excessively incarcerated or there wasn't enough evidence for them to be incarcerated. So he faced a lot of difficulty because he's a person of color with the right. guards and respect for him, even though he's a lawyer right? Um, and all of that. And the second book would be Crook County by Nicole Gonzalez Van Cleve. And that book is more a great detail of how, People get excessively incarcerated in. Counties where they just look, they don't they don't focus on the people, they just look at cases and they just have them all in there in hordes and they just sentence them very quickly without hearing their cases. And this is very common with a lot of the courthouses that we have. So Cook County is one of the biggest courthouses that um, inc- excessively incarcerate and it has a very large recidivism rate. Mm-hmm. So this goes into detail about how that happens from her perspective as um, a, an assistant lawyer going through those processes and what she witnessed and you know, what she saw from clients and what she saw from judges and how how it all adds up to becoming a huge problem of mass incarceration in our country.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Both so, so, such good books. Um, yes. but really zero in on some of the systemic problems that we have. In if
1: someone country. really wants to understand the problems that we have in our country, that isn't just simple, you know, do, do the crime, do the time. It's not as simple as that. And oh, so wow. if you want to know it, you would read
0: these books. Great. I love that. Uh, both of those kind of a different perspective. So um, I'm always looking for hopeful messages you can share with our listeners.
1: Okay, my hopeful message is things in today's world might feel hopeless at times, but remember to look for the helpers and better yet be a helper because you'll always have purpose this way and even if you won't change the world immediately, you'll change the world of the people you help and they'll continue that ripple. So don't worry about what's out of your hands and what of your what's out of your control. Just do your best.
0: I love it. I love the idea of actively helping. I think that's an important message.
1: So Humans fine. like to have purpose.
0: Absolutely, I think. I think purpose. Uh, p- purpose equals hope. That you're at least actively working to make it less bad. That's right. Yeah. So finally, who should we talk
1: to next? Um, I suggest talking to Dr. Catherine McGuthrie, who is a professor at Fullerton College. One of my very intelligent favorite
0: colleagues in the world, and one of my favorite people. Yeah. Great. She is definitely somebody I would like to talk to. And I think um, you know, her her research on brain development and neuroscience um is you know phenomenal and she's she has so many
1: support. important things to say.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And um I, I was actually thinking about having her come on um and talk about uh uh you know brain injury, traumatic brain injury. Um and she's done a lot of research with sports. Um, and for youth sports that is roaring back and I'm seeing kids with concussions and but we'll see right. what she wants to talk about because she's got amazing yeah,
1: she's people. an endless pool yeah. of um, knowledge. Yes, yes yes like
0: yeah I she actually has a great I'll have to cross promote and list um her YouTube interviews um yes. she's done are just really really thoughtful and um, insightful. As he has an interview
1: is. with a um, black police officer yes. in the time of Black Lives Matter and what he did when he had to face Black Lives Matter yeah. protests. Uh, he has his police brothers behind him and he has his people of color right in front of him and what right. he did in that situation. And that was just amazing. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, and she just is, is such a dynamic interviewer and does such a good job. So yeah, she'll be great on whatever she wants to talk about. So
1: I'm very excited to hear her. Me
0: too. So thank you so much for joining us and I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much.